back, Cup fans, and you are in store for this GSL preview with none other than Taylor Brooks. She helped me out and give full analysis of the entire GSL for football and uh, enjoy her insight and my bold predictions. Heading into week three of the GSL football season, we have a few teams making a splash early. A couple unbeaten teams and some I'm still trying to figure out. To help me assess that state of the GSL, PSP would like to welcome the well-informed SWX reporter, Taylor Brooks. Welcome back. Oh, hey. <laughs> How's it going? <laughs> it's so good to have you again. That brief intermission was much needed, uh, but I'm ready to talk GSL sports. What about you? I am so ready to stop talking about myself. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm so ready to talk about these incredible teams. Yeah, and then five minutes later, you're going to be working it somehow back to. But when I was playing, uh, but anyway, the 4A GSL standings look this way right now. We got CF, uh, CV and Ferris at the top, both 2-0. And then the next three teams, we have Prep, LC, and Mead, all 1-1. One and one. And then you hide down at the bottom at 0-2. Mm -hmm. So today, we're going to go ahead and break down each of those 4A schools. And uh, kind of assess where we see them maybe toward the midway point and then after that. And then uh, see if we can get you by the end of this podcast to go on your day off to tomorrow's game between <laughs> Meade and LC at the lovely Joe Albee Stadium. What do you think? I'll think about it. <laughs> it is my day off to me tomorrow, people. So just, just I, I would be there. Actually, I wouldn't. It's on our air. <laughs> oh is it really yeah oh. we have the doubleheader tomorrow it is a doubleheader right i think it is but the other game is like north central and somebody else yeah oh. it's on our air though wow watch okay. swx there's my plug <laughs> <laughs> so let's start team by team we'll start from the top the central very uh wow <laughs> the very very central <laughs> wow uh, sherry's they, berries they are the, the central <laughs> This is off to a great start, everyone. <laughs> the Central Valley Bears, coached by Ryan Butner in his fourth year. Uh, what I pulled and what I saw, obviously they had two away games. Not two away games, but they could have been away games because they played on Saturdays. Yeah. Uh, their first away game against Bellevue got that win. Uh, you know, decisive fashion. No, Bellevue's not the same team they were uh, after the recruiting allegations came out about them and they got into trouble. But still a decisive win, 27-10. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, they have uh, the game last week on Saturday against, uh, who was it, Garfield. Garfield, yeah. And they win 40-39. to I think you sent out tweets. Were you at that game? Uh, yeah, I was at that game. Okay. I was there for the first half, which was not very pretty, as Central Valley knows. But what a fourth quarter. Yeah. But I think I think it's important to note, though, with the Bellevue thing, of course, they have been a dominant program. All mm -hmm. those things happened. But uh, it was the worst. Central Valley handed them their worst, lo worst loss at home since 2015. Well, it, so, it seemed as if the – I don't know if the talent's the same, though. Because, I mean, I looked at the quarterback. Well, no. The quarterback I mean, looked like he was 5'8". Of five, course, eight. it's different. Yes. But – they unfortunately can't send kids to a special school mm -hmm. and, and then say, oh, you can play on the Bellevue team as well. By the way, uh, <laughs> I, I honestly, I feel like the Bellevue win was a great first game for them. Okay. But the Garfield game was more telling and it is more 
I think that's that's where they want to go. I mean, they don't want to be down 30. Mm-hmm. I think it was what 33-14 going into the fourth quarter. Yeah, that's But bad. the team they were in the fourth quarter is exactly who Central Valley wants to be. I wish I could have stayed for the whole game because I was there for the first half and it was sloppy on both ends. Okay. Um, A lot of turnovers. But, I mean, I think what? They outscored Garfield 26 to 6 in the fourth quarter. Yeah. It's something they did probably at halftime. Uh, Of course, adjustments. Well, CV's always up to something with that field and that long grass. I can't help but think that, I don't know if they went out there. Didn't really notice the long grass, (laughs) but uh, (laughs) I don't know about that. I don't know. They're shenanigans. Uh, But there is something to be said about their quarterback cv yeah we got a six five kid matt gabbert he looks legitimate he looks every bit of that six five doesn't look like he's the classic high school kid lying about his height and weight uh what did you see from him in person well how do you ignore the flow first of all <laughs> that kid's probably so sick of the sunshine reference but yeah. that's the first thing i was like, <laughs> we got sun- bass we got a sunshine qb out there <laughs> What could go wrong? <laughs> um, I I think I completely agree with you. He's got the stature. He looks like a versatile quarterback. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that his biggest strength is obviously his deep ball. Yeah. Uh, I. And it's pretty easy when he's playing behind a, a O line where I feel like all of them are over six foot and over two hundred fifty pounds. They some they some bubbas. There's some bubbas. He but, has quite the pocket to throw in. Uh, no, he does. And so that fourth quarter comeback, he has four touchdowns in that quarter, uh, 24 yards, 12 yards, 51 yards, and 81 yards. So you have a little bit of both, but mostly deep balls. Yeah. He, it, um, I, I saw some deep posts and deep, you know, some slant routes that were just taken to the house, but he drove the ball in there. It's really no secret that... They've clearly shifted from more of a run-dominant team because they used to run behind those big hog mollies up front. Yeah. And now that they've got an, a kid that can actually throw since the first time, I think, since Bledsoe's nephew was there, mm-hmm. um, that's valuable to them, and they are not afraid to drop back, you know, for three straight downs and pass the ball. Yeah. I think they did excellent in scheduling their non-league games. This could not have worked out better for them. Obviously, you, boost. you have two wins, first of all. That's and they were the most, tested. That's the most important thing. They were tested in both ways. A hard, you know, a Bellevue team, like you said, is not who they used to be. But mm-hmm. still, that's a lot of travel. You have two Saturday games. So it's going to be interesting for them to play actually Friday night under the lights at Albi, especially. That's going to be very interesting because um, Albi, I feel like, can do wonders to people. Mm-hmm. Um, but I feel like their future and and how the rest of the season is going to go is just right in front of them yeah and but i think that they learned a lot from that garfield game in the first half and they just can't they can't be that team otherwise gsl teams are gonna beat them yeah so at at this point it's like let's be the team we were in the fourth quarter guys and Mm -hmm. i'm sure that's what they've honed in on this week yeah and you said it so they play on on friday at alby and they play against ferris and it's the early game though Oh. Yeah. I, there's something about those early games that it's just... They can be trouble. It's the worst. I know. Because it's just, it messes up the schedule, and especially with CV having their own stadium, 
you know, it's not like they've had the ability to play on Friday yet this season. Right. But a kickoff at what, 545? Is that when they're playing that game? 530. Okay. It's a lot different than playing at seven o'clock. It is. So, it's just a different feel. Yeah. Especially with high school football, you want to play under the lights. Mm-hmm. And I'm these guys are motivated beyond belief, I'm sure. Yeah. But it's still a little extra oomph when you're playing under the lights. Yeah. Your student sections are there and they're loud and they're dressed up and and all of that. So that's tough. I mean, mm-hmm. I never before coming here, never really experienced these weird day games. But like for <laughs> example, I was in Welpinit last week for a three PM kickoff. Oh, and I just don't know how those kids do it, but kudos to them. It's yeah. crazy. They played Cusick. Is that eight-man football? It what? is. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. But the, I mean, these Albi games is crazy. Well, I would say I, I give tremendous kudos, and you said it, to their scheduling. Yeah. From the standpoint of, I think, one of the toughest schedules in the GSL. So they had those first two games against Bellevue and Garfield. Mm-hmm. Um, then they play Ferris. Yeah. Then they play LC, Coeur d'Alene. Mount Spokane, they were actually one of the few 4A schools to schedule probably the best team in the GSL, which it's really unfortunate more 4A teams aren't playing Mount Spokane. That Katzer, what's the name, Katzer? Uh, Cannon. Yeah, that kid's for real. Seven touchdowns last week, right? Yeah. Jeez. Now, and then they play Mead, Prep, U-High. So the weakest team on their schedule, basically, is U-High at the end of the season. the season. But they front-loaded their schedule with being tested early and often. I love how they mixed Coeur d'Alene in there. Yeah. I Which really do. I can't figure Coeur d'Alene out because no prep, one can figure them out prep right now. smacks them in the face. We'll get to Mead in a little bit. <laughs> but And then they come back and they dominate Mead in the second half. So, yeah. I know. But I still, I still think no matter what, Coeur d'Alene is, is always a really, really good team to play. Mm-hmm. So I think that having that in the mix is even better for that team. Well, we'll get to it when we get to prep, but uh, obviously – CV has got to be looking at that prep game, and I think prep is too. That I think that will be the real decider for the GSL title. Yeah, and that's in the you know final two weeks of the season. Um, now the second place team currently in the GSL, just for sheer fact of out of conference play, is Ferris. Mm-hmm. Um, coach Tom, you're out. Uh, he, you know, former coach at LC. He's in his third year there at Ferris, in the process of really turning around a program that you know after the Sharky Sharky incident and scandal. Yeah. You know, accepting that team and turning that team back into a winning mentality, I think, is a process. Positive, positive mentality. Definitely. And so, you know, they started off their season nicely, though. I mean, they dominated Moses Lake. They went on the road to play at Moses Lake, the Chiefs. Yes. And then uh, they beat Lake City, too. So, I mean, in both decisive uh, facets, but Lake City, they played at Lake City, right? Correct. I was there. Okay. Mm -hmm. And what what did you see out of that Ferris team? Did they run the football a lot? Um, you got to keep in mind and everyone's got to keep in mind when you see me at a game, I'm there for about 15 minutes. <laughs> okay. You're so there's 15 that. minute little bite. So what do we see? I'm there for 15 minutes. Okay. We prefaced the it. First, we got it. <laughs> the first, um, for first play of the game is Lake city scoring on an 81 yard bomb. Mm. So at first I was a little hesitant. Okay. I was like, Oh no. But then Ferris came right back. Okay. And scored. And so I'm like, okay, let's let's do this, boys. Um I I I just I didn't get to see a ton, but Ferris's quarterback is the glue to their team, I think, at this okay. point. Um, Jack Clavel. Yeah. Um but when I was I went to Ferris at the beginning of the season and the biggest thing for them and honestly a lot of GSL schools was 
they this the senior class has just been waiting mm-hmm. and waiting and waiting it for it to be their year. Yep. And Ferris really talked to me about that and how okay. it is this this is the year they really think that they could have a winning you know, they they really, really showed it at the end of last season, I feel like. In their yeah. last few games, their last, like, three games or so, they had a couple wins, I think a very close loss. And so they were so close last year. Mm-hmm. So I that just really, really carried into this year, I feel like. Yeah. And, I mean, I don't know. I, They've got two decent running backs. I saw that Brent Jones has had a couple good decent, games. And yeah. then what is it, Javon Ruffin? Is that how you say that kid's name? I haven't said his name yet. Yep. Well, I took a stab at it. I think I did a halfway decent <laughs> job. So Welcome I, to my life. So those two kids, though, and what I know about your out teams, that guy is pretty old school. Yeah. He, he ran the stretch and the mm-hmm. eye formation at LC. <laughs> and so uh, I think Levi Taylor was his big back when they won the state title when he was there. Yeah. Um, but uh, I think he reverts back to that mm-hmm. and i think going up in a against a team like cv that throws the ball and can come from behind pretty quickly he is going to try and establish the line of scrimmage run the ball as best that he can and he's going to know that that's his only way to win right because the size differential cv usually has it every year but in this in particular you got to be able to keep an offense off the field somehow. And the only way you're going to be able to do that is to run the football. Exactly. So, but Ferris, I think, will be a team. And what you said, I think they even t- uh, challenged prep in the latter half of the season last year. Yeah. Even though they weren't contending for a mm-hmm. playoff position, Ferris right. wasn't. But, you you know, you said it. They've got a lot of returning guys. They're uh, athletic, too. Yep. And I think they'll match up with a lot of teams in the GSL. I think so, uh, too. So that's good. But uh, looking at their schedule, CV, obviously, tomorrow. Or on Friday, U High, Shadel, North Central. Let's stop there for a minute. They're the only 4A team that is playing all of the 3A teams they could. Hmm. Shadel, North Central, well, I should say U High is a 4A team, but they might as well, I guess, be a 3A team. But I just look at like those, and it's like, to me, it's a little frustrating that somehow they were able to schedule those cupcakes. Um, but, uh, prep LC and me to finish the season. That's a tough end of the, yeah, that will be because that middle schedule, you like to have some easier games, but not probably all in a row. You'd probably rather mix in some of those tougher opponents rather than playing prep LC and me all in October. Right. Never easy. Um, but yeah, no, I'm, I'm curious to see where the Saxons go from here. Mm-hmm. Um, but I have to say being a prep guy myself, never never ever a big ferris fan at all never got along it just (laughs) i will never find it in my in myself to root for them and if prep puts us in a position in which i have to root for ferris for prep to get in the playoffs then there could be problems i don't know if i could do that let's keep in mind i'm a fan (laughs) of everyone in case anyone was wondering Back to the plug of I have a job in media and I need to make sure I keep my name clean. All right. Now, uh, Lewis and Clark, Dave Hughes, he's been there seven seasons. Great guy. Uh, Yeah, that's what I've heard. And I know Mm -hmm. that for that LC team, they've got that returning running back kid. What's that kid's name? I don't Um, even know. Uh, Oh, man, you're going to make me say this kid's name? Yeah, say it. Uh, Kiani Gothmuller. 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 Goth okay. Mueller. I think that kid, I actually watched that kid last year when I watched a couple of the broadcasts via SWX 
mm-hmm. online. Yeah. And after watching them play, I think it was like Mount Spokane or something. I saw that kid run up and down yeah. and all over the place. And I thought, man, Elsie's going to be pretty good. And then Elsie, I don't know, they dropped games against like, I think it was like they dropped games against Ferris or something like that. And then the Mead. And it was like, yeah. this doesn't make any sense. I thought it they was, looked good. It was a very interesting year for them last year. And I, I know the Elsie team last year better than I know the Elsie team this year. Okay. But they were so senior laden last year. Okay. Um, You know, you have Michael Flaherty at quarterback. That's right. I he, remember that kid. Great, name. great kid. Uh, but you got in the middle of the season and you're like, Dang it. They they thought the that last year was their year. Yeah. And they had everyone believe in it too because mm-hmm. of their senior class. Yeah. And so I feel like this year I I have not seen them in person yet. But okay. I and I but I've also not I haven't heard Guth Mueller's name either yet. Okay. Well here's so, what's interesting. They play tomorrow at Joe Alby, and I think you just said it's your day off. Therein lies an opportunity to go see those tigers play it's it's very interesting you know i uh <laughs> i actually get sick of sports people and i want to stay away from them when i'm off <laughs> so don't get offended if i'm not at the high school game tomorrow <laughs> now uh it looks as if they do have some size i saw obviously the write-up in the spokesman about malachi moore yeah uh, that kid looks like he could be a a good offensive lineman. I mean, 6'4", 265, he's got the intangibles. He could beat you up. Um, definitely, <laughs> as I said here. <laughs> uh, yes, but uh, I, at least I'm thankful to be behind the microphone. I can say whatever I want, right? Now. <laughs> right. <laughs> Their schedule, Mead, CV, Post Falls, Shadle, Uhi, Ferris, Prep. It's a good mix. That is a good mix. Tough again to end the season. You got to play yeah. Ferris and Prep. But I, oh no, you play Prep. They play Prep at Prep. So that's tough to be able to yeah. go to a different environment, in which is a home stadium for Prep. And it's Prep's obviously last game. Yeah. Clearly, uh, Malachi Moore uh, is getting to me because the voice cracks. I'm, I've got a little bit of fear going right now after <laughs> those words. He's scared. So, <laughs> So, but uh, yeah, no, I think the start of their season, though, they've got a decent mix. Though, after seeing Post Falls play the other week, Post Falls could probably give them a pretty good match. I agree. Um, and they, they surprised me last week mm-hmm. against Uhai. Yeah, they they surprised you? Well, I, I, okay, not that Post Falls isn't a good program. It's just I didn't expect them to dominate a 4A team like Uhai the way that they did. Yeah, I guess, but I I mean I saw them week 1 against Sandpoint and they just killed it. Okay. That that Pierce Tommy Hauser connection is yeah, I think they already have like probably 20 touchdowns. Okay. Together this year. That's a <laughs> That's little exaggeration, but still I I think that that will be a really LC and Post Falls mm-hmm. will be a good one of those like Cordelaine like we mentioned with CV yeah. mixed in there. Mm-hmm. It's still, you know, it's just it's a, a good opponent. Yeah. But I think for for Elsie, I think it for them they're just still trying to figure out who they are this year. Yep. And there's nothing wrong with that. You know, you, you know, the Lake City loss wasn't very pretty Mm-mm. the first week, but no. you beat Davis 37 to 14. You you got to win before the craziness happens. But it, it just when you lose that many seniors it takes time. Well, I think and also too when you look at it from the standpoint of a 
a program and you're building one. I mean, I went in this, this kind of firsthand when Dave McKenna took over for Dave Carson mm-hmm. at prep. It took him a good four to five years before he put a team out there that seriously contended. Yeah. And so I think that it's just natural that a new coach in there, a new regime, new offense, new mentality, it's going to take you out some time. But he's obviously been there before. Yeah. So that could uh, allow him to shortcut and, you know, curve that learning curve a little bit for his kids. But we'll see. I mean, I think it's going to be pretty tough for LC to be in serious contention to make the GSL playoffs. But the GSL is also very wide open. Yes. This yep. this week's going to be very interesting. Yeah, it will be it will be a good test because obviously you get some league play now. Yeah. So nice after having those non-league games to now actually have some teams tested in exactly. week three. Uh, so that moves me to Mead. Yes. Mead, uh, Benji, and how do you say Benji, Coach Benji's last name? I still can't get it. So. Sonishin? That's what I'm going with. I just with. call him Benji. Yep. So Coach Benji, Sonishin. Also great guy. Yeah. Um, he's been there, I think it's, oh man, I think you want to say like four years at Mead, something like that. Yeah. He's he, part of a new regime there. He has because this, I want... <sighs> Four or like, five years. I feel like it's been way longer than that. I know that it was a new regime because I forget who he took over for at Mead, but that guy that was there at Mead was the same complaint I think that Mead fans and people around the GSL still have today about that uh, program. They come in with all of the intangibles. They've got a kid that can throw the football. They've got a kid that can have a good workload at running back. They've got speed on the outside at wide receiver. They've got height. And they've got, you know, beef to them as far as O-line, D-line, linebackers. And then all of a sudden, it's like week three, four, five happens and Meade turns into this team that you're going, what happened? So I never really can get my finger on Meade to tell you, are they going to seriously contend? I feel bad for Dave Nichols because he came out and said in the very beginning of the year, this Meade team looks like the team to be reckoned with. Yeah. They'll be pretty good. Mead comes out. They win their first game against Post Falls, 42-21, playing at the Pine Bowl. Uh, and, the Pine Bowl. And that kid, Ryan Blair, their quarterback, launched some <laughs> balls for some play, uh, so for some big touchdowns. 393 yards. Yeah, he played well. I think he had like over 70% completion rate, and they looked good. They yeah. looked as if – He leads that I team. Ne- yeah, it looked as if I needed to tell people that I knew in the prep community, look out for Mead. Then they come back. And they lose to Coeur Lane, who Prep dominated the week before. You've got to look at it this way. I don't get that. Coeur goes into that game against Meade last week. I was at that game as well. They go into that game last week with a huge chip on their shoulder. And you don't want to play against a team like Coeur who has a big chip on their shoulder. Yeah. That's the thing. Mm-hmm. So I feel like it was a revenge game for Coeur and and unfor- unfortunately, Meade got the brunt of it. But I still feel like it was a... a Great learning game for Mead. Yeah, it sucks to be one and one, mm-hmm. but it's still you got to go through at those adversities. And again, Mead is another team that told me in the preseason that this senior class has wanted this for so long. Ryan Blair being at the the top of that, and I, I don't I don't know. I, you you can't explain it. And that is the that is why we love sports so much. Yeah, it right is. there. It's but crazy. You almost want to enter or I should say enter foot into mouth when coach was quoted at the beginning of the season of 
Ryan Blair, he loves passing, just loves football so much. You love it so much and you're a senior heavy class, you come out in the second half and you make sure you finish a game. That Usually you see that on the inverse. That's the reality team, check of it, though. I know, but you see teams that are usually young, they don't finish games well. If a team is experienced, you should be able to come in the second half and finish a game. I agree with that, but this is the thing about Meade. Their wide receiver core lost a lot of kids. They don't They don't have a lot of experienced wide receivers. That was that was Benji's biggest concern when I talked to him in the preseason. I noticed you're saying Benji, not his last name. Exactly, because it's hard. <laughs> um, and I, I like the first name, Benji. Yeah. Um, he told me that in preseason. I said, is there any position group you feel like kind of needs to be caught up a little bit? He's like, our wide receiver group is very young. Mm-hmm. So it's not that I'm concerned about them. It's just they just don't have a lot of experience. Yeah. And so... You got to have people that can catch the ball. And I wasn't there for the for the ending of the game. I was only there for the third quarter. Mm-hmm. And that was when Meade was scoring. <laughs> so I had two Meade touchdowns and one quarter lane touchdown in my highlights that night. So. Yeah, I always love that sometimes on your guys' highlights. Um, since you do the highlights live, you yes. present this game. And for apparently the folks on KXLY, they don't know the outcome of the game when apparently they're doing the highlight. At least that's what they were honest about in week one when they were doing the highlights. So they're presenting this one-sided game as if this team just dominated. And then they go to the cut of the score and it's like 56 to 7. It's like, well, I thought that was going the other way. I find that to be we're just funny. We're just teasing you. Yeah, exactly. It makes you continue to watch to <laughs> see who did win. <laughs> yep, we're just as surprised as you are. Um, looking at... Mead's schedule. They play LC, obviously, this week, tomorrow, uh, Thursday. They play Mount Spokane after that in the Battle of the Bell. I love the Battle of the Bell. I, I'm really, really bummed that Prep couldn't have played on a Thursday that week because they play Shadle. I don't think that game against Shadle is going to be super close. But that Battle of the Bell game, the amount of people they get to go to those that game Insane. It's pretty awesome. I know. And I have to say, I cannot wait until that new stadium is built. I've driven by the old Mead Middle where they're building the yeah. Mead Mount Spokane Stadium. Yeah. That thing is going to be electric when they do that Battle of the Bell for the first year there. Yeah. Just I, I can't imagine because now you're on the north side. No more worrying about yep. traveling mm-hmm. to Albi, that lovely stadium that's known as Albi. <laughs> you get to have more of a home environment of who is going to claim the turf. Yeah. That's cool. And I, I have to say, that's the best rivalry in the GSL, hands down. It was, last year was my first time going to it. And I, I didn't even get to stay for the game, which was the sad part. I only just went live in the five and six for it. Mm-hmm. But I sat on the bell and I rang the bell in my wow. six for my live shot. I'm jealous. I felt honored. That is really cool. It was awesome. <laughs> uh, and the, the other thing that uh, I like about the rivalry between Mead and Mount Spokane is this. They actually honestly have played against each other for years. Yeah. Or they played with each other and now all of a sudden they're having to play against each other. Yeah. One of the things they say is so great in the NFL, is great in the NBA, is great in college athletics, is when a rivalry happens and you honestly believe the two teams don't like each other. And effectively, Meade and Mount can do that. When they play that game... It seriously looks like those kids do not 
talk to each other after the game. Right. Not talk to each other before the game. And there's a lot of John that happens on the field too. Yeah. Which you always want Ultra it. Ultra competitive. You want it within reason. You don't want it to mm-hmm. get out of hand. But you like seeing kids going all out to try and win that game because it the means passion. something. Yes. Exactly. That's why I love high school so much. Yes. It's a game like Battle of the Bell. I'm right there with you. So Meade's schedule again, LC, Mount Spokane. Then they play prep at prep at the end of the month in October. They go on the road and play Marina High School in California. Yeah, interesting. Yeah, weird to to have that. I talked to Coach about that. Why in the middle of the season? It It makes no sense. You're going to disrupt flow, routine, all of that. Why would you do that? But it's also a good test. I think it's a good it's a good experience. Also, these these high school kids, they're going to fly there on the day of the game. Mm -hmm. They'll get there. They'll play Saturday. They're going to have a beach day all together. So ultimately, if you think about it in a positive way, which we want to think about it in positive ways, (laughs) by the way. It's great team building. And it's good. those are memories those kids are never going to forget. True. Regardless if they win or they lose. But yeah. it's still that's a it's a great test. It's a great team building opportunity and it's just fun. Yeah. I respect that. I mean, I respect prep going down to San Francisco to play yeah. San Ignatius. I think that that's an awesome test. I, I but I did. I asked Do I asked the beginning coach of the season, about bro. the I think it was something with scheduling, honestly. Like okay. someone backed out or okay. It, it wasn't meant to be this way, I don't think, but I can't remember what Benji told me. That was like a month ago. All I know is that uh, Paul Manfred and AD at prep would never let that happen. <laughs> uh, so then they finished the season, though. CV, U-High, Ferris. To end the Not season bad. on all, I think it's All Saints Day is November 1st uh, after Halloween. They play that Friday night against Ferris. It will be a really, really good game because, again, that could be influential in deciding the seeding for the GSL. Right. So I really look forward to that game. I circle that game. Oh, I won't be there. Sorry. My best friend gets married that weekend. Well, I'm actually out of town, too, that weekend, too, I think. (laughs) I don't know. (laughs) Weird. (laughs) No, uh, I I can't do that, though. Maybe I'll have to move those plans around. So, uh, obviously, Mead, we'll see where the season holds. uh, But... You know, I have real questions about their choppy start, but this week... I guess week, we'll find out. This week, though, tomorrow playing against uh, LC, if they come out and they dominate that game, that will switch my mindset because I'll see a team that responded well to a loss that they should have won last week. I think they will. And then they'll they'll be the me team that should be something that prep should kind of be wide-eyed mm-hmm. looking at at the end of the month here. Yeah. So... Which uh, obviously rounds it out. Uh, I mean, we'll get to you high really quick at the end. They're, they're, okay, we'll do that before we get to prep, obviously. But you high tough. They start out the season 0-2. Um, new coach there. Uh, they're really trying to establish a program. I can sympathize. I can empathize with that. But as far as GSL contention, I don't foresee them being one in which that's going to take us by surprise. The loss against Post Falls last week, and who did they play week one? Sand, sand Point. Yeah, I just I don't see it. I don't know what you saw from from them, but I, went I haven't to go seen see them. It. I went to go see their game last week, and the middle of their defense is really weak. They got torched by Post Falls over the middle. Their safeties and linebackers are small. They had some uh, some size up front. They had a big nose tackle, number 77. Mm. He went down with a knee injury, so I don't know the state of his uh, health for the rest of the season or next this week coming up against prep but 
I just don't foresee them being a team that, you know, is is going to play havoc with the GSL. I don't know if you've heard anything or seen anything on them. No, I mean, obviously, it's a disappointment to begin the season 0-2 for anyone, but mm-hmm. I feel like you just kind of got to keep on trucking along. Yeah. It doesn't get any easier from this from here on out, and yeah. so you just got to rally around your guys and, and try not to let the losses define who you are yep. um, and just just continue to go along with it and try try your best out there, honestly. It sounds yeah. cheesy, but it's true. Yeah, no, true. But, I, you know, one one upside about U High, I love their stadium. Their stadium's really cool. It's, I've never been. It's it's nice. It's a grass field. The stands are well built. It's well positioned. You know, beyond the stadium, you can see trees. It's untapped land. It's not like it's nice. filled with a bunch of homes. It's it's an actual nice environment, and it kind of embodies Friday Night Lights. Mm-hmm. And so I commend them for that, and they always keep that field in, in pretty good shape for a grass field. One in which I like a little bit more than CVs, but that's just one man's opinion, obviously. <laughs> I'll uh, let you know how I think about the grass when I go to <laughs> university. <laughs> so now the moment you've all been waiting for, oh, clearly goodness. listening to Pup Sports Podcasts, you want to hear us, you want to hear Taylor, Brook, Taylor Brooks' thoughts on where the Bullpups will finish, where the Bullpups are going from here. But let's recap just as far as the season goes thus far. Obviously, Coach Dave McKenna is in his 11th season. I think it's actually his 12th season. He's had 11 seasons there. They had their win over Coeur d'Alene in week one at home, 45-13. And then they lost to SI last week on the road at San Ignatius in California, 37-22. One of the things I did enjoy in looking and seeing that game and watching the box score, because I unfortunately didn't have a stream to be able to see it, I followed the best that I could over Twitter, but... They went down early. They were down, I think it was like 20 to nothing in the first quarter. Yeah. And then going into halftime, I think it was 23-7 or something like that. They battled all the way back to make it a game. And it wasn't until SI scored in the fourth quarter, I think with like four minutes to go, to go up 37-22. So for a period there, it was a one-score game. So I think I'm proud of how they responded. And it looked, though, from the video highlights that I did see of, of SI's touchdowns, they looked fast. They looked fast, and that they program looked, is great. <laughs> and they looked like they had some experience there. So yeah, love the program, love the relationship that we've built with SI. But if you're gonna post on your website that you can live stream the games and then give me the unfortunate aspect that no one's bitter or anything. No, over exactly. <laughs> but let me have my moment here with SI. I put out on our Facebook page live listening. stream the game. You know, come see the game. And I had like. 20 messages on facebook being the link's not working i can't watch the game are you seeing anything and i was like great i'm so happy i put that out there for everyone to be disappointed so my you disappointed everyone i did i let the prep community down i want to say and on behalf of taylor brooks she expresses my sympathy (laughs) my deepest apologies some you know just blame it on si it's fine (laughs) but uh their team let's let's look at it from that standpoint and here's where I'm curious to get your your thoughts. Mm-hmm. They've got a young team, but they've got a fast team. I actually honestly do believe that. I had real doubts about their defense going into week one. But they're and, fast. And when they came out, they play with great team speed. Yeah. They really do. Then looking at them from the offense side of things, Jaden Ortega, the, the man that I'm calling the sauce. Yeah. Because obviously Ortega sauce, for those that I have to explain that to. Um, the sauce is one heck of a running back he's over 200 pounds 
He is a force to be reckoned with. He gets the ball a decent amount in that offense and that option game. And, you know, had a lot of touchdowns in that in that week one appearance. Mm-hmm. Where I want to get your insight and where I'm really curious about is that quarterback competition that they've got going on. Jay yeah. Key's a senior. Yeah. And then they have the sophomore Ryan McKenna. It's it's close. It really yeah. is because I look at Ryan's stats from last week. He had 17 carries and 166 yards. Well, that's what I was going to say. You know, it's uh, obviously in the SI game, you know, Ryan stands out yeah. because of those stats. But I still feel like Coach McKenna is, is going to play them both, obviously. He's not going to – I don't think he would make a decision this week. This week, yeah. I still think they split time. Yes. Well, here's what I look at. If we look at their schedule, okay, high. Shadle the next two weeks. After that, they go into their stretch of must-win games. Mead, Ferris, CV, and then they end the season at LC. I think the LC game, I'm not as concerned about it. It's a rivalry game. Yes, it's at the end of the year. Yes, it's going to be um, impactful in their GSL seating, I believe. But the middle stretch of their season, they play some tough opponents. But here's what I would do. Obviously, Coach McKenna's been around the block more than I, but I've never seen the two quarterback system work ever. No, I high school, college pros. Yep. Iowa did it when I was a sophomore with Jake Rudock and CJ Beathard, and it was torture. But that's the thing. I don't, I mean, you know, Idaho's doing it right now with Colton Richardson and Mason Petrino. Okay. Um, Coach Petrino has expressed that he's not going to make a decision until they start Big Sky play, which is not this week against mm-hmm. Eastern Washington, in case anyone wondering. Even though they're in the same league, this is a non-conference game. Okay. So next week is when he's essentially going to make the decision. Yes. I compare it to them because Mason has put up more numbers than Colton. In this aspect, Ryan has put up more numbers than Jake, mm-hmm. in a sense. But still, like, you just got to feel it out. I agree. The dual quarterback system does not work. There's no, you can't get a flow. It's wishy-washy. I don't like it. But you got to keep in mind, it's only week three. Mm -hmm. Who knows what's going to happen? With Jake, he's got this senior leadership. He's got that all going for him. Mm -hmm. With Ryan, obviously his stats showed last week. But at the same time, you're like, neither of these guys are Connor Hallinan. Yeah. Unfortunately, you mm-hmm. know, and how shifty and insane he was. Yep. They're trying to find, you know, Gonzaga Prep's always been fast. Mm-hmm. And they've proved that they're fast again this year. So it's the same mentality, the same identity. But now you have this spot where last year you had Connor and he was really solid at that spot. Mm-hmm. So now with the both these quarterbacks, it's going to take time. Yeah, it really is, and it's only week three, Nate. It'll be okay. Uh, <laughs> I don't think Coach McKenna is going to do a dual quarterback system the whole year. If he does, and it works for them, then fine. But well, we don't know. Obviously, obviously, he's not going to say it. But here's where I, I think his thought process is, and here's what I would do, and I think ultimately he's going to do. He's going to take these next two games because they should beat U High. You, we just talked about U High's program not being the best, not where it should be. Um. And then he's going to take the game against Shadel too. Those are two games that they should win. Hands down, I've watched both teams play. They should win both of those games. So my advice and my thought process would be this. Take the next two games. And before you go into that Mead game, you better not go into that game with a two-quarterback system. Because if you're circling that on your calendar and going, 
man, that could be our first real test. The last thing you want is kids coming off the field and going, we need to go with the other guy. It's just, it's going to create divide in your team. Right. So I would hope, and I don't know your thoughts on that, of I would take the next two games and make a decision before the meet game. And I think that gives, I that mean, gives you, that gives you, what is that? Two, four games, right? Right. To assess both yeah, quarterbacks. Which, which, like you said, Coach McKenna has been around the block mm-hmm. a few more times than you or I have. <laughs> um so hey, yes stop damaging my credibility logically here. <laughs> logically i'm sure that's what he's going to do but you do mention you know it could it could cause adversity and bickering between mm-hmm. the team i don't i don't know i i those guys at preseason when i was there for practice seem very very tight yeah they seem very close-knit so i feel like they are just doing what coach is saying and they're sticking together as a team granted we are not on the field with them and we are not hearing what's going on yeah. with them but from their side of it and them telling me they have never felt this close mm-hmm. chemistry wise yeah. at least the seniors in their four years there yeah um that's fair and that's their feelings that's great if that's how they feel that should that's how it should be your senior year i guess mm-hmm. um but i think that you make a great point I would hope by the mead game that it's figured out. Yeah, no, and I I want to express this too because we've touched on this too with the impact now of social media and just media coverage in general. When I was in high school, we were just rolling out. We were just being introduced to the SWX coverage and having games broadcast live Yeah, and having that you know opportunity where we did get interviewed here and there uh, because of games being on TV. I like to remind myself though, as much as I want a decision to be made, I also understand they're two high school kids. Yeah. They're in their senior, one's in their senior year. You know, they're finishing out probably the last time they're going to play football. And, you know, I express sympathy and empathy to that. I yeah. I definitely agree from the standpoint of you can't be flippant about it. It's got to be handled with care type of thing because ultimately one kid in the process is going to feel like I didn't do what I could have or, right. you know, I, I let my team down or I let myself down. I let my parents down. So in all of that, I, I'm coming to you from an objective standpoint, from a standpoint of a football sense. Mm-hmm. I want to see Prep be successful, and I want the best 11 to be out there on the field. I, and want, if I, I have, want everyone to. Yeah, and, and <laughs> yeah, obviously she wants everyone in the GSL to play their hearts out. Can everyone well. please just get first? But I, I want, I obviously, the best 11 out there that puts them in the best position to win. And I know ultimately that's every coach's goal. Coach McKenna knows what he's doing. You have to be sympathetic to people. Yes, okay, I know he knows what he's doing. (laughs) Okay. I just had to put that out there. I know he knows what he's doing, and I know that he knows what he's doing. I I thank Coach every week that he's willing to come on the show. Oh, I'm sure. I just have to heckle you. Putting me in a bad position, I'm going to be taking calls from Coach next week. What are you doing with Taylor Brooks? You bad-mouthing me? (laughs) You're fine. No, you bring up a good point, though. You know, It's a lot of pressure to be a high school athlete my brother's a junior this year in high school back in illinois and i have seen his meltdowns before Mm -hmm. and they are not pretty and so ironically they happen when i'm home for 48 hours or something (laughs) um so thanks mitchell but uh it is a lot of pressure but just know we know you're doing your best Mm -hmm. that's that's the thing between the whether you are fighting for a starting quarterback position or you're hanging on the bench, unfortunately, if you're putting your best foot forward and you're putting in 100% effort, 
all the coaches appreciate that your teammates appreciate it and yeah. that's how it is now i i commend you for saying that and i know that mckenna is a huge believer in that and yeah you know course. and one of the things that he does really well is he gets kids to buy into the program that no one mm -hmm. kid is bigger than the rest of the program and that every kid has a role so even if that may not be your starter on friday night you play a key role in prep during practice during the week or you play a role, just a smaller one, on Friday nights. So I know that both of their involvement will still be active uh, within uh, their season. Of course. Wherever it goes from here. And I know, and a credit to a guy that's been around the block, that he will do that. You said he, that first, by the way. Okay, I know, but you threw it back in my face, so I had to feel like I had to... You told me at the beginning of this whole, whole ordeal that I should give it back to you. So... <laughs> Just letting everyone know that. <laughs> <laughs> Emotions were flying. I, I you know, I, we I did get out of breath. We short. did get pretty deep there. Yes. No. So uh, that's the GSL. And what if I if I could put you on a spot for this one thing? You've put me on the spot, like. Yeah, I know, and I'm <laughs> really challenging times. you in your young career. This is I'm making you better. Remember, <laughs> you're not only getting better. Wow. While you're in studio, this guy is eating this up, everyone. Not while, I'm not only while you're in studio, but while you're off, you know, off camera and off mic too. So, you don't have to rank them in any particular order, okay? <laughs> but you have to give me who do you think are the three. That will be the remain or the top three, and you don't have to say one, two, three, but you have to give me who are the three schools that are in contention for the GSL title by the end of the year. Oof, my goodness. Can you do that? No. <sighs> That's such a bummer. I'm have to pass. Okay. Well, I'll do it for you because oh, I feel like okay. I can read Taylor pretty well. But he's this not. Obviously... He's not doing this for me. This is just his <laughs> opinion. His what he's this, thinking. This... <laughs> I think that it'll be a great GSL race. We've said from the beginning of this season that it is open. I've okay. asked every coach okay. that I have been to how course, they how they feel about <laughs> the I am talking. How they feel about how open the GSL is this year mm -hmm. and, and who yeah. but if you really think about it, don't think about their records right yes. now. Think about preseason. Mm -hmm. It is very wide open. Yes. It is because every team in some way is very different from last season. Yes. So with that, okay. tell me your top three. Uh, with that. And I'm not going to comment. Obviously, Taylor, working at SWX, <laughs> I honestly do respect the fact that she has to uh, stay objective and unbiased. And I uh, fully respect that. I'm just happy she was willing to come on the show. <laughs> So with that said, and after having to preface that, <laughs> your top three are going to be it, I, in no particular order right now because I still want to see Ferris and CV play. Um, but it's it's going to be prep Ferris CV without question because I think Meade will do what they do every year, underachieve. They're going to drop the game against Mount Spokane, and I feel like it could unravel from there big time because that game means something to those kids, and if they drop that game, which – Mount Spokane is a darn good football team. Very good. So if they drop that game, that's a big, big confidence letdown. So with that said, I think because of the fact that CV and Ferris play so early in the season, it's going to open up, hey, if Prep wins out or when Prep plays CV, when Prep plays uh, Ferris, 
it all comes down to that game because one of those teams is already going to have a loss and it's okay who is going to be the next team that loses the game so that's where i see it coming down and it it's it sounds cliche and and you know and it, like i'm a broken record but every year it comes down to those teams i feel like in some way or another um but it's really exciting really exciting stuff it is As, this is ever there's so much to look forward to in this mm-hmm. football season yeah and that's what the exciting part is about it and i feel like anything can obviously happen any given week um but there is a lot to look forward to and mm-hmm. that's the most exciting part yeah so yeah, no, we want to thank Taylor for coming on the show, being able to profile the GSL and stay as objective and unbiased as she was able to. Uh, we did challenge her here and there, um, but what I want you guys down at home to be able to do is message us on Facebook, um, send your kind regards to Taylor, and thank her for coming on the show because it means a lot to me. It means a lot to what I've tried to build here, and uh, we want to potentially get her on again. So as welcoming <laughs> as the prep community can be to her the more inclined she will be to come back to Studio B, record more content, more insight, and that way we can be really that stop for the GSL that you know you feel like you're well-informed, not just on pup sports, but all of GSL sports. Yes. Thank you so much yeah. for having me come on. It was a little bit of a hike. Yes, but it was a blast. I have to say, I it felt... was very worth it. I, I got him laughing, everyone. I did my job. <laughs> We are good. But no, thank you so much. And it's so nice to, especially in this biz, you got to mix it up a little bit. So being on this side of it, this was also my first podcast appearance, people. So you should be honored. Yes. (laughs) No, but in all seriousness, very, very, very thankful that I got this opportunity and to just talk GSL and talk a little bit about Iowa and talk about everything. Yeah. Uh, Can we get a GoPups to to close the podcast? (laughs) (laughs) This is this is going to be my watch KHQ and SWX every Friday night, 1030 on SWX, 11 on KHQ. And you can watch yourself. You can watch your kids. You can watch your friends. And you can watch me and the rest of my crew. We thank you for that. We'll be sure to turn tune in. And uh, I'll say it for even though I'm speaking for myself. Go Pups.